you guys. I'm here with a chef and a shaman. They have this podcast. They're awesome. It's Whitney and Shamanandra. Um, okay. Hi. Like, Hi. Hi. So how, okay. How am I going to explain y'all exactly what, so we can ex yeah, explain oh. yourselves, explain yourselves. You guys are awesome. Let's hear it. Yeah. <laughs> you, well, you um, I will start. Hi, I'm chef Whitney Aronoff. I'm a health supportive chef based in Beach, California. So I work as a personal chef and I run a health and wellness website called Starseed Kitchen, where I share the recipes that I create for my personal chef clients. And I also sell, you know, my own personal organic spice mixes that I use on my clients. Uh, and my goal is really to help people help themselves. I want to help people be able to meal prep and create healthy, delicious meals that make them feel good at home. And so I try to empower them through my site and my Instagram with that information. What Whitney left out is that she's actually a really, 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 really good chef. And every single person that I've come across that has worked with Whitney when she cooks, they can't stop talking about how her food is absolutely addictive. So, so not you. only is she making food that, that is mindful and, but it, and, and healthy, but it's tasty to the point where people are just... They, they, they literally fight over it. It's just incredible. So Thank you. she's very talented. She's very humble and she's very talented at what she does. Thank you. Well, the, the unique thing about the synergy of a chef and a shaman is so much of our jobs go hand in hand. So there are often times where my clients know that they need an energetic shift in their home or they just moved. So they, they know they need it clean and cleared and blessed for their new beginning. And that's where I recommend Shamananda. So she can come in and, and set that energy and that divine light for them so they can have the best experience possible in the home that they're in. And of course, that supports the food that I prepare in the house. It provides more light into that food. So when people eat, you know, they, they feel better. They feel more than just energized. They they feel fully, you know, almost fulfilled in their soul. No, that's very true. In fact, I just did that today for, with uh, one of uh, Whitney's clients, uh, and uh, it was fantastic experience. I blessed the whole the whole place. Well, but, but maybe I should explain a little bit about me so they yes. can understand. So my name is Shamananda. Hello, I'm so I feel so blessed. Uh, Nikki, I feel so blessed and grateful to to be on your podcast and on your YouTube and just on your media because we're we're just really big fans of what you do. We love your consciousness. We love what you're creating, and we just we're so happy to be a part of it. So thanks for inviting us. Uh, so and hi to everybody that listens to her, and I hope you you love her as much as we do. So as far as uh, my practice, it started off being just um, I guess I'm a I'm a holistic counselor and I'm a I do physical healings on people to remove uh, trauma or disease or, or, or whatever it is that's going on in a person's body. So if you have body awareness and you know that you're carrying a weight, uh, meaning not necessarily physical weight, but just uh, an energetic heavy weight, and you don't know how to get rid of it, and you've gone to every doctor, and it's just, I have a pain here, I have something going on in my gut, I have something going on here, and all the doctors say, you're fine, this is what we're talking about usually that it has to do with energetic weight. So, and that's a lot of the time what I take care of. Uh, so I'm a bit of a, 
I'm a bit of a magician when it comes to energy in people's bodies and the energy, you know, that's floating around as well. And, uh, you know, I, I change it, I transmute it into something that's effective for people and I remove lifelong injuries and, and, and then that's it. So, and I've been very blessed to work with a whole a plethora of people that ranges from, you know, people who are, you know, just getting off of meth and maybe just recently uh, stopped being homeless to celebrities and, and professional athletes. So, and everyone in between. And I just, I, I'm so blessed and grateful for all of them. I love them all exactly the same. They're all uh, equally as important to me. And I'm just, I'm, I'm grateful for my life. Awesome. I love that guys. And I, I've, I've been watching a lot of y'all's videos the last couple of days. And I mean, now I'm, now I'm kind of going like, Oh, Epsom salt. I never thought about that. Cause I take Epsom salt baths all the time. I'm going to just do sea salt now. I mean, like I'm really am learning a lot of really good practical tips. And I like some of the things you guys were talking about, like, like how to, um, shield yourself, like, you know, just, just yeah. like your, your different methods on, basically ways in which we can actually practically raise our vibrations or, you know, make our life, um, you know, bring in what we want to bring in instead of, you know, what, what, what everybody else's uh, reality is. I love that. So I think you guys actually have a lot of really good practical tips. So how did y'all meet and how did this connection end up happening? So I met Shamananda at a school called, um, multidimensional healing, healing arts, arts and sciences yes um in Irvine so um I went to the school because I also do mediumship um medical mediumship and you know traditional mediumship connecting with people's loved ones who have passed that's just a personal practice of mine and when I was at the school one day I was looking for an, a practitioner to help take some physical pain away that I was having in my lower right side um, ever since I was 15, I knew I had been shot, stabbed, and poisoned in the same spot and had physical pain there, but felt like I had no one I could talk to it, talk to about it. And the pain was getting worse and worse. And I couldn't find any energetic healer that could really work on it. So I asked somebody about it and they recommended Shamananda. I had a, a 30 minute little session with her. Um, and she kind of pushed all my buttons and I knew that she was the right person for me to start going to, um, to figure out why I was getting irritated with when someone was pushing those buttons. <laughs> and, um, that helped me emotionally communicate the mental blocks that I had. So then we could start to work on the physical blocks that I had manifested within my body. So we had to talk about you know, I, I had to verbally talk about, you know, everything that I thought was in my way or stopping me from creating my dreams, which it's just me, you know, there's not stuff. And then we needed to then get inside and take away all the stories that I had created over my lifetime, get that out of my body. So now I could choose to create the life I wanted and then choose to create the body I wanted. Yeah. It's still a work in progress. So <laughs> we've come a long way. We've come a long way. We've come a long way. Yeah. yeah. And then just through that connection and this relationship, you know, we, we have the same goals and dreams for humanity. You know, we want everyone to feel good in their body. 
And we want everyone to live their best life and know that they're the ones in control. Life isn't happening to them. Like they're in the driver's seat. And that is a big part of my role as a personal chef and working with people through food and, and figuring out the food choices that are right for their body and not what is written in a magazine or a blog post on how they're supposed to eat. And that's exactly what she does is helping people get fully in tune with themselves so they can hear their own voice and make the decision for the path that they want to live. Exactly. How to separate the voice of, of the ego or the monkey mind from the actual voice that's, that's the higher part of you that's actually giving you information to guide you in a way uh, to take your highest path. And, and learning how to hear the difference between the two is key. And no one seems to really know how to do that, generally speaking. I mean, it's a very rare quality to have. So beginning to separate those two voices, because, uh, you know, and, uh, different people call it different things. There's just this angry little voice. And, and for people with eating disorders, they'll call it their EP voice. Uh, with people with um, anxiety issues, they'll call it their anxious voice. But that chattering, that incessant judgment, anger, all the blah, 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 yeah. that is actually something you can remove. It's not a permanent fixture in your brain. It's something, it's something that you can quell and release to the point where it's just peace and you don't hear it anymore. And I've been living my life like that for years. I promise you it goes, but you get to understand how to do it and nobody's teaching this stuff anywhere. And it's frustrating. So yeah. I, it's, it's up to the people who understand how to do it to put the information in front of people and say, listen, you're powerful and I'm going to show you why and how. And I think you understand, Nikki, that we're also living through a complicated time where it's not just what we have going on in here. We're exposed to EMFs, AI, social media, television, propaganda. That's also in our food. I mean. Yeah, that's changing our brainwaves and changing our thinking patterns. And so it's even harder than ever to figure out what, what is yours and what is not yours. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, and then deciphering from there. It's just so layered. It's so funny because I think that I, what you guys are talking about is one of the key things that really did the most for me in my life was when I started working with the, the, the voice that like is mean, which is weird. Cause it's like, we would say we're almost taught by society to be hateful to ourselves. Like if you look at how, like through movie, like we're programmed that way. Right. And it's this thing where I would say things to myself that I would never say to an, a, an actual human being standing in front of me. Like if you wouldn't say something to your, if you, if you wouldn't tell your best friend, Oh, you look super fat in that or you look if you wouldn't talk to your best friend like that you shouldn't talk like that to yourself and you can change your inner voice you can change the way you talk to yourself it may not happen overnight but you that is the most important thing that I have done and really it started in the in my early 30s and uh I, like it's just such a life change to do and it and, it, and, and more than anything I've ever done it's really helped me just have so many more moments of joy in life. Just being my own friend, like being like loving yourself. It's like self-love, right? Like that's basically what it is, right? You're, you're trying to figure out how to teach people how to, how to have self-love when they're, we're living in a world that's, you know, trying to teach us the opposite. 
It's so amazing. You know, the very first time that I spoke to myself in a loving way without forcing myself to do it, where I judged myself and then I immediately turned around and apologized and said, I'm so sorry, you know, I love you so much to myself. I burst into tears because I realized in that moment, I actually did love myself. And it was a really profound moment. And the thing about our society is our entire economic system is based on telling people that they need something outside of themselves to feel whole and complete. Mm -hmm. So in order for our economic system to run, they decided, okay, this is how we're going to actually sell all of this stuff to you. If you, if in order for you to feel whole and complete, then you get to buy this, you get, this will make you look good. This will make you smell good. This will make you feel good. If you have this, you're somebody and people will look at you and they'll see that you're important. And then, you know, you'll get love on the outside. But unfortunately, because we're so inundated with that, there wasn't much in the way in our society to show us, you know, it's actually really the most important thing to start loving yourself so you don't really need anything else and anything else you do purchase isn't going to be because you don't feel whole and complete it's because you actually need it to live or to or because you know you might like it but it's not because you need it yeah yeah does that make sense it does so a lot of that spawns from that and then and then of course culturally it it worms its way into everybody's consciousness and then starting from just elementary school and going up, you know, all the kids are treating each other that way. Well, mm-hmm. you don't have that. I mean, who are you? You don't even have this, you know, oh my God, you're not even eating the cool food. You know, it's, it's all the way down to the smallest details. You don't have the right nail polish. Don't like yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's insane. Well, speaking, okay. Like, can you talk a little bit about uh, the breatharian element? Because I think I I've been studying studying like looking into that for i've watched many videos on it. it's very fascinating to me i've done fast but i've never i mean i i've i've i think my longest fast was seven days seven day water fast but i've i it's almost like there's limiting beliefs like the our entire you know thing we have so many limiting beliefs so can you can you tell us about that a little bit Shonata? or i, I you know, it's a it's a hot topic definitely with people and either people don't believe it or they don't understand it but bottom line is is that you don't need it is if your belief system is in the right place and you've elevated your consciousness to a certain level it is possible that you can live on prana now prana or you can or you know there's some people that do sun gazing so Mm -hmm. that moment of time right before the sun rises and right before i believe the sun sets Mm -hmm. you can actually stare at the sun for a certain amount of time without burning your eyes right uh and and people get energy from that as well and there's different people and different teachers that actually uh teach how to how to wean yourself off food so that you know, you only need a snack every once in a while. And as long as, and even taking yourself off water completely, I actually went to a a workshop. Well, it wasn't really a workshop. It was just a part of a conference and he was speaking and I wasn't even, um, I wasn't even really looking for that. So just let me shuffle back for a second here and explain why. I, um, I think the reason why you're asking is because uh, you know, there, there was a two-year period of time where I didn't eat any food at all, and it would happen to me because I was working a lot, and I was, I, 
unbeknownst to me, I, I was I was feeding on so much prana while I was working on people. I just I didn't need food. That is not me now. I drink juice and I'll snack and uh, you know, but some some periods of time I eat very little and other times I eat more and I don't judge it. I just go with the flow. It, it, it's it's fine. Hmm. So, but at the time it was very strange because my food intake completely dipped. I was perfectly healthy. I had all the tests done just to clarify. So in case, well, there's, you know, cause there's a lot of different medical reasons why these things happen. And I looked into all of them is because two years is a long time to sit there and wonder why you're not eating food, not losing weight and not losing muscle tone. All right. Wow, yeah. and, and so I had a lot of time to go to doctors and to get blood kinds of stuff. I'm like, I'm not eating, I'm not losing weight. What the heck is wrong with me? Where is my, like, why am I not becoming, why, don't, why aren't I dead? So was, I wasn't freaking out about it, but you know, so it was just, I was eating my, it did, my intake didn't, I didn't want the granola bar anymore. I knew it wasn't the healthiest for me. And I'm sure if Whitney was around at that time, she would have said, what the hell are you doing eating that granola bar? It's not good for you anyways. So, yeah. I'll make you your granola bar from scratch. There you go. Yeah. So, but, uh, so I felt like it was a limiting belief that I thought it was keeping me alive. So I put it aside. And then I forgot about it. And then just like if you quit smoking or a habit, you kind of forget that you're not adding that into your day anymore. So I kind of forgot about eating and it went on for about six months. And then one day, six months later, I was like, wow, I'm hungry. And it was bizarre because I was hungry and I was excited because I was hungry. When you don't get tastes in your mouth, like you, you kind of miss it. So I was actually really stoked. If you know anything about fasting, you know that you're not really supposed to eat anything. Uh, to ease back anything. into it. Right. You got to ease back into it. But that's not what I did. I said, I'm ordering a pizza because I didn't know any better. I was just living my life. All right. And so I called up, you know, uh, I'm not going to say which pizza joint I called, but I called them up and I said, I want a pizza. And I'm so excited. He said, that's exciting. And I just thought, okay, whatever. I'll just, bottom line, I, you know, I didn't eat for a long time. And it was, I think it was, uh, what, a year and eight months before I actually started to come out of the closet because people were start. why aren't you coming to dinners? Why aren't you, why aren't you hanging out with us? Why aren't you, why aren't you, why aren't you? And I finally just said, okay, look, I'm embarrassed because I'm not eating and I don't want to be asked a bunch of questions about this. I don't want, you know, because you know, there was a lot of, there was a big uproar, at least in my community. There were people that were getting mad at me. They were, um, because they were, they felt like it was, I don't know. It was, I don't know why they would be jealous, but they were, uh, there were people accusing me of having an eating disorder and, and for two years, it's not the same. And, you know, the same, you know, I haven't, I, my weight hasn't changed ever. And, uh, so kind of a complicated time. And then, uh, and then I, uh, I eventually started reintroducing, uh, snacks and food and, and, uh, but that was about it. But my experience was a spontaneous one. I, I don't think according to what I talked to with other people that were breatharians, um, you know, they actually sought it out because they wanted that and they trained for it, which is fine. Uh, but you know, um, aren't always people who just don't eat anything at all for long periods of time. Breathitarians are also people that might eat a snack. It doesn't matter what you consume because you're getting your nutrients from somewhere else. Uh, but, you know, 
as time went on, I chose to just, uh, but yeah. Um, I don't know if there's anything else. Yeah. Well, it's so interesting that you just really juice. Yeah, I love juice. Yeah. I think it's interesting that you say that like like people's reaction to you was so um, I see Shamanandi. Oh. Sorry. Sorry guys, the connection's like really bad right now. I don't know what the hell is going on. It's like um it's not usually this bad, so I don't know. But uh I will say what I find really interesting about um, that story too is, well, a couple of things, I have two things. One is that I, I, I watched this, I had a friend who was, um, who tried to be a fruitarian for a while. And I thought that was super fr uh, fascinating because I thought it was a really cool concept because you're just eating what is given, not killing anything or whatever. And so I looked at some YouTube videos of this couple uh, who were, fruitarians and they would walk people through their dietary thing and what they do or whatever and the amount like the comment section was the most poisonous thing I've ever read in my entire life it was just like these people look like they're crackheads and they're gonna die and it's like dude I, if you're not into it then go watch another video or if you're not into it that's fine but like the, the amount of judgment people have over food stuff is crazy. I'm, I'm a vegetarian for like 11 years now. Right. And for me, it's not health as much as it is like just kind of ethical. I don't feel right eating animals. I, I haven't, for instance, as a kid. And then when I was in my twenties, I was like, well, then I'm going to stop. You know, if, if you do, I don't judge you. Like that's your thing. I went to a wedding, like, uh, I think a year and a half ago, well, before the whole COVID stuff started and I got stuck at this table with these, these people who, and then we had steak was the, the meal, right? And so, uh, like, I wasn't eating my steak because I don't eat steak. And uh, I, it, was, it was one of those situations where I was the plus one for somebody. And then they set me at another table because he didn't tell them that I was his plus one. And it was, so I felt like I was wedding crashing anyway. But so these people I'm sitting with are just like, why don't you eat meat? Like, and I'm like, uh, you know, you know, you have to go through this. It's like, why do you care? That's, that's what I want to know. Like what, like what, if you never, you never talked to a vegetarian before and then they sat there and told me how unhealthy it was and how, um, uh, you know, how God gave us animals to eat. I mean, the things they said, like, it was like an hour long conversation about how dumb I was for not eating meat. And it's, that's, that's anybody's prerogative, but like, let people be, man. I don't get that. That's really crazy. Then the, then the second point I have to say is like, I was reading this thing about uh, um, these Lumerians that live in Mount Shasta and they were they, they, this, this, and so this is like grain of salt stuff, like super grain of salt, but I love this kind of stuff. Anyway, the, what I thought was the most fascinating about this story was the Lumerian was telling the person that they 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 have they eat all of their food has to have been picked within 24 hours because the food is not what you're eating you're eating the life force the life force is what's the important thing so they, they grow thing in integrity of life force and I was like whoa I don't know if we I don't know if I eat anything that's in life force because I don't know how long my vegetables have been picked when I get them uh, anywhere from three to five days and up to a week um, sometimes a week and a half. Um, the most fresh, if, if you have to purchase your food, which most of us do, because most of us don't live in a place where we can grow our own fruits and vegetables, um, our herbs, um, the farmer's market is obviously always going to be the most, the closest you can get to fresh pick. 
but still that's a day or two or three mm -hmm. uh, but the grocery store is always going to be much longer and then you think about it, you take that food home and you put it in your refrigerator and then you eat it at your convenience that's the point of the refrigerator so lots of people that i've spoken to when they grow their own fruits and vegetables or they're able to access that from a friend or a neighbor they eat less because there is so much more life force energy that's mm -hmm. true and you know, we really get to learn how to embrace diversity and not be afraid of somebody who's different. I mean, it doesn't really matter if someone is having a, a sex with the same sex, you know, or so if somebody's gay or, or trans or whatever they are, what does it matter? It's what they choose, it makes them happy. It's what they're choosing to do in their private life. It shouldn't affect other people. And then, you know, just with food and food diversity. Okay. so what somebody puts into their own body and what they choose and what makes them feel good what difference does it make what sh why should it make a difference to somebody else why do you conform to somebody else's belief to make them feel better all they're really doing is projecting how afraid they are about their own lives and their own choices exactly. because if they truly felt secure in their own choices they would never point the thing and say you better change in order to make me feel comfortable and, and i i just want to to mention that it doesn't matter what food lifestyle you follow. Everyone, if you are choosing a more healthy lifestyle, they eat a traditional sad diet, which is standard American diet, there's a lot of judgment. So it doesn't matter if you're someone that is vegetarian or plant-based or paleo, or just prefers a healthy diet and maybe doesn't eat food with sugar in it, or you know you avoid you know GMO corn. You'll find that there's always going to be judgment at a table if you're not just willing to eat whatever is put in front of you. And you know the the only thing I want to share to anyone who's experienced that because I've experienced it a, a lot. And the worst place I experienced it was when I lived in Los Angeles. You know most people wouldn't think that, but everyone was much more open to me eating the way that I want to eat that makes me feel good and not having judgment. The most judgment was in Los Angeles. And it doesn't matter what you're doing. You may experience it. You just have to ignore other people because that's their own shit. That's them exactly not willing to face what's going on in their body or feeling threatened or called out for some perverse way. to ignore it and keep doing what works for you yeah it's 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 sad to to think that and it and truly it's about when, when people are that insecure that they need you to conform to their beliefs i mean and they're not even looking at it and they're not being accountable for the fact that you know they're trying to pressure someone that isn't even they're not even around all the time to change it to their beliefs what so they'll feel comfortable in that moment i mean do people not realize how heinous that is so i'm a pretty staunch believer that you're fully in control with what you put in your body. And so uh, it, I believe that whether you're at a dinner party or any event, you don't have to eat something that's on the table if you don't want to. Like, I don't believe in that social stigma that you need to eat it to be polite. Um, I think we're at a point where there's so many food allergies now that if you know it's not gonna make you feel good, don't, put it, don't eat it. No, yeah, and we get to embrace that with everybody. And so, what I went through with with uh, you know when I absolutely was eating nothing, it was it was 
very hard. I hid like a, I hid because I, the judgment was, was real, man. And I was thinking, oh, I can't come out of the closet with this because as soon as I do, I know what's going to happen. And that's exactly what happened. It was just, it was, I had people uh, throwing me under a bus and, you know, I, you know, these really weird, angry conversations accusing me of, you know, all kinds of things, just, well, what is wrong with you? Are you dying? Are you trying to kill yourself? You know, how dare you do this? Like, it was just, it's, it was just the weirdest. And I understand that, you know, everyone lives in their own bubble and all they're really doing is seeing their own lives reflected on other people. And that's how, and that's how it works. You know, they're, you know, every, all their insecurities and all of their limiting beliefs are going to be, you know, that they're looking at the world around them and they're going to talk about all of those depending on what somebody else is doing and then they're going to judge other people based on their own insecurities i understand that's how the world works but anyway because i understood it i just kind of <laughs> stepped back and said okay i'm gonna i'm gonna just be in my bubble over here and you know i just want peace so i just won't go to dinners <laughs> anymore and just to hang out to say hi but i think we're getting to a point where people are, are much more uh, aware that everyone's trying to figure out what makes them feel good and there's a lot less judgment and people are a lot more kind, especially um, as people start to have dinner parties or meet um, out to dinner with friends. They're much more understanding that people sometimes have to pick a menu or just give people a heads up that they can't have any wheat or gluten or nuts. Um, there's I think more awareness than there used to be for sure. Yeah, I think it's a good thing. Yeah, th there is. And, you know, and I, I'm also a big believer in kind of like, um, you know, if I don't want to attract those people, then I'm just not going to attract those people, you know, kind of whatever, you know, it's been away. But every once in a while, it just kind of creeps up on you and you're going like, or even like I said, like, sometimes I feel like I have to come to the defense of like those, those fruitarian people on, on the line. I'm, it, there is a very bizarre element of, of an, of an unconscious individual that um, we have to contend with whether no matter where you are in your in your journey sometimes and uh, that's always it's always interesting days when they happen so what what do you guys um what do you guys do uh on a daily basis kind of to i don't know stay a little to, to beat the whole i feel like we're going through a global attempt at lowering everybody's consciousness you know i don't know if you agree with that or not but i feel like in some yeah. ways there's a lot of that so what do you guys do to keep yourselves like not in that mix well said yeah yeah go ahead um so i i do a lot of things i think it's layered and then i i try to be very intuitive i really listen to what my body needs so I think it's a variety of daily practices. So um, I make sure I move my body every morning, whether that's just stretching or yoga or exercising. Um, I try to oil pull multiple times a week. Simply to get the Pardon? I do oil pulling. I love oil pulling. Yeah. I love oil pulling. So, you know, again, I, I, try not to be like crazy strict. Like I have to do it seven days a week. I do it on the mornings that I know I can do it and I enjoy it. And I know it's pulling the things out of me that don't need to be in my body. Um, I get a lymphatic massage about every other week again, and just to release toxicity in my body. Um, I try to do some sort of detox bath once a week. 
Um, I eat a clean, well-balanced meal that is mainly vegetables um, with, you know, properly sourced proteins and, and root vegetables and, and other healthy fats as as bee and, and local fruit and fresh and in season. Um, no one eats cleaner than this girl. I'm telling you, man. Thank you. Yeah, um, like I, we're talking I, about some grains that I never even heard of before in one of your videos. So I was like, oh, I need to, yeah, I need to look into this more. Order yourself some amaranth. I'm like super into amaranth. It's so delicious. It's high protein. Um, it's so nurturing. Like you will feel like your mom's giving you a hug. Is it a grain? Or even better than your mom's giving you. It's a grain. It's an ancient grain. It's actually a look up the plant amaranth. It is so beautiful. It's this like deep burgundy red. It's a beautiful plant to have in your yard. And you just pull on, it's not leaves and it's not a flower. It's a really interesting plant. And all the little grains will just come out, but they're super tiny little grains. They're smaller than quinoa and they make a great, a great breakfast porridge. Um, or you can just, you know, have it as a grain side for, for lunch and dinner or a snack. And of course there's an amaranth recipe on starseedkitchen.com if you want to check it out. Cool. I really like amaranth with a little steamed spinach, a little drizzle of olive oil, some flaked sea salt and some good cracked pepper. It's really nice guys. Sounds nice. Um, but so those are the type of things that I do. Um, I take breaks from social media. I listen to high vibrational music and, and good mantras. I do my own mantra practice. I make sure to get into nature, whether it's hiking or um, beach walks. But I do all these things without a cell phone or um, technology yeah. around. I fully disconnect. I make sure I have books next to my bed. So, you know, I don't, you know, like, like my dessert is once or twice a week watching a show on my laptop after work. Like that's, that's a treat. Um, it's not a lifestyle. I don't get home from work, have dinner and sit on the couch. Um, you know, I, I don't own it. I don't have a television. I just have my laptop. So I just, I try to manage me and I know when I need to do extra work on myself. Um, and it's not always easy because as we know, we're all affected by planetary changes by different alignments. You know, there are Mercury and retrogrades where I'm good and there's Mercury and retrogrades that I'm not. There's full moons and new moons where I'm good. Moon sickness is a thing. And ones where I am having a total meltdown and am in a self-sabotaging behavior mm -hmm. um, and where I'm not wanting to do all those things I know that make me feel good. Um, so it's you know, every day is a work in progress. You know, you know, the things that will make you feel good, but, um, but there's a lot of different factors that are trying to stop us from taking hold of those daily habit habits that make us feel good. Mm -hmm. And then of course I see this woman once a month for my tune up. I think it's three weeks, but yeah, 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 yeah. That helps too. Self-care is really important. And and Whitney's not kidding. I mean, we went on a trip recently and, and we were sharing a, a cabin and she went around and she unplugged all the electronics. She left her cell phone. She's like, I'm not, so I'm not even turning this on. And, I'm, you know, it was, she said she does, she really does it. I mean, she just, she doesn't. Well, I wanted to make sure we slept well every night. You know, sleep yeah. is so important mm -hmm. um, to our physical body. And then also to our multidimensional selves. We're so busy at night. And so I really wanted to make sure that we 
really were able to get the best sleep possible since we were kind of out in the forest in the middle of nowhere. So I made sure to unplug the TV that was in our cabin. I unplugged the the microwave in the cabin because um, we weren't going to ever use that anyways. And when you, if you live in a home and your microwave is plugged in, but you aren't using the microwave, it's still emitting a, a frequent. So just three other piece of kitchen equipment in your kitchen, your refrigerator, your oven and stove, your dishwasher, it's constantly emitting a frequency and EMF. Um, so that's why I encourage people always to sage their kitchen because you have to sage that and get rid of that electromagnetic field, that, that cloud that's building up in the kitchen and throughout your house because you have so many things plugged in. So I knew that was happening in the place where we were staying in that particular place, you can't burn sage. Um, so you might as well just unplug it all, open the windows. Yeah, crystals help too. There's different types of crystals like black tourmaline and, and different types of quartz and all kinds of stuff that yeah. can support with, uh, you know, just purifying certain areas or to even help some of the EMFs. Yeah, yeah, there's something in that's that's radiating something, then uh, you know, there's you get to balance it out. You get to balance it out with something. And if you do it right, then minimal damage, but just be aware that it's creating something and how it is potentially affecting your body. So yeah. So I what do you a, do to keep your consciousness high? What do I do? Well, I um when I work, because usually when I work it's four to 16 hour days and I usually don't really take much of a break uh when I do uh sessions with people I'll you know the first part will be counseling but part of what keeps me in tune is that uh when I go into the bodywork se section I'm it's like a very deep type of meditation that I go into and a connection to source so uh that alone keeps me very uh, wired into what's really important and valuable as far as, you know, being at one with myself and, and everything else. And so, uh, so that there's that. So I'm very fortunate to have that as part of my everyday life. It's kind of already plugged in. So that and just making sure that I'm drinking organic fruit juice and vegetable juice and, and changing up the variety as much as I can. I like to do um, a little bit of celery, organic celery juice in the morning. And then uh, I go on to maybe a mixed juice in the afternoon. And then, so that helps. Uh, but those types of deep meditations and, and truly connecting to source is, uh, is one of the most valuable things that I do. And, um, uh, God, but, that, but that's such a, a plethora of, of things right there because when you're connecting to source, a lot of different things happen. So. Yeah. It's, it's not like, it, it sounds simple, but it's actually, there's a lot more to it than just what I'm saying, I guess. A big thing for me is sunshine. Oh so sunshine really helps me. Um, I go outside every morning to have my breakfast and it's usually just after the sun rises. So I'm able to gaze at the sun for a while and be outside and just hear the birds. And that really helps set the stage for my day. Yeah. Um, having that connection with nature first thing in the morning. Uh, that helps me a ton. And then of course we live in Southern California and I live close to the beach. So for me, it's getting into the ocean and in the salt water yes. and clearing my physical body that way once a week. Um, and you know, granted 
if I'm not careful, because I work a lot like Shamananda, um, I'll, I'll let a month go by and I won't have set foot at the beach. And it's inappropriate because my office usually stares at the beach every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, I have to work hard to make sure that I get down and take advantage of where I live and, um, like honor myself and my body and give myself that time to be, to be at the ocean and on the sand and in the water. And that really helps me physically and mentally. And for those of you that don't have time or don't, are, are, are privileged enough to be close to a beach, uh, you know, you could do what I do. And right before I work in the morning, I'll just, I'll go on a walk for 20 minutes and just really, and go through some mantras and do some breathing techniques and go through my gratitude list and think about all the things I feel blessed for and um, focus on all the things that I'm trying to create in the now in, in, you know, in the most positive way possible and, and how I'm going to manifest to, to bring that into manifestation. Yeah. And that's really, really important. So breath work and, uh, going through mantras with breath work, you could do it in a four, four with your fingers. It could be up. <laughs> and then, you know, because most songs are in four, four, you could easily create, you know, a, a you know, a rhythmic a mantra to go with, with that pattern as you're breathing and walking, but it's really important to engage your physiology when you're doing mantras anyway, in order for them to really truly be activated. Yeah. Otherwise you're just repeating words to yourself and you're not going to get very far. Yeah. So that's a big thing that I've been doing recently. Um, I love working out at Orange Theory and I loved being pushed in that environment. And so when I'm on the rower on the treadmill, I pick a mantra because I'm looking in a mirror at myself. So I might as well choose a mantra about how much I love myself or my body or who I am. Um, and it's so powerful. You can't help but smile when you're, you know, trying to run as fast as you possibly can, but it makes it so much more fun. And Shamananda talks about this. And, um, the other person that talks about it a lot is Tony Robbins about what he did when he was transitioning in his life from being in a very destructive um, and physically abusive household to becoming the man that he is, when he'd work out, he would say positive affirmations and positive thoughts to himself as he physically moved and pushed himself. And he as that was a really big shift. You're all of the uh, bodies in when you're actually creating a large shift. So it gets to be your physical body, your mental, your emotional, and your spiritual. And if you do them all at the same time, if you're engaging all of them at the same time in one exercise, your shift skyrockets. I'm telling you guys, you will get so much joy by trying this while you're running. Yeah. Like you cannot help but smile and, and be happy. Like, like it what? really, like really examples of And if you can't run, go for a walk. Give me some okay. positive so affirmation. I, like, what will you say? So I will tell myself that I see myself at my ideal weight. And I'll just keep saying, I see myself at my ideal weight. And as I'm running, because I'm looking in the mirror, because I'm at a gym, I will just start seeing myself at my happiest, my physical happiest self. And I'll see myself doing all the things that I love doing, like playing beach volleyball, swimming in the ocean, going on walks, like down the beach where I'm in my bikini and I feel comfortable 
just walking the beach in my bikini and nothing else. Like that is something I'm not always confident about doing, but when I am, I feel amazing. So I just keep picturing those past events to bring them back to fruition. Um, I'll just remind myself that I'm beautiful, that I'm healthy, that I'm youthful, that I'm uh, that I'm a high vibrational being, that I vibrate light and love. Like I'll just, it's whatever comes to mind and I'll just say it over as many times as I possibly can until it's time for another, you'll just know when it's time for the next transition. Yeah, and mantras like all the power I need is within me right now, uh, all the strength, all of the perseverance, all of the, all of the, um, the health that you know health is 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 something that's actually really really important to do in mantras especially while you're exercising i'm at my optimum health now yeah i you make know? healthy choices because i have respect for myself mm -hmm. exactly uh all the love uh, i i need is is me right now you know stuff like that like i am love right now but don't don't put it somewhere in the future it gets to be right. now. Uh, otherwise, you're going to be reaching for it forever. And who has time for that? <laughs> Let's make it happen now. So, yeah. and, and there's there's books written on the subject too, where they talk about if you're really trying to manifest something, then you get to you get to actually embody what it feels like right now. So, let's say you want to be a famous whatever, you know live your life like you are not necessarily the lifestyle of spending a lot of money i'm not talking about finances because truly uh, in order to become successful in anything it's important not to actually focus on the money part because there's so much anyway you can get into that later but the point is is that it's like a mental game of no i'm, I'm embodying that i have a mentor i'm doing everything that they do I'm, I'm embodying what they embody i feel what it feels like now so that you bring it into creation and instead of those constantly no someday it doesn't work it doesn't yeah work. does that make sense yeah yeah, I mean, I've always, I've, I, and, and I know you have, you have to basically feel like what it feels like to have what it is that you want already, like even before you have it. And when you do these mantras while you're exercising, it's so easy for you to visualize. I feel like for me, you know, it's the pictures just start playing really quickly for you to really embody everything that you're feeling. Yeah, and and the future that you're trying to build in the now as if it already happened. So if you want to write a bestseller, imagine yourself on stage, you know, accepting an award or showing your book in front of a crowd of people who are just really happy that your book was a success, you know, or, you know, if it's, if it's one of those things where you wanted to be the best salesperson, I mean, you know, look at the plaque you already have on your wall, Lord, I, I did it. I made it, whatever your goals are on it and what it feels like. So you can feel it in your body so you can create it because that's how creation works. You know, you don't want to focus on everyone is, is a magical, incredible manifester. Human beings manifest like crazy. What people seem to think is that, oh no, I don't, I don't know how to manifest because all I get is garbage. Well, it's because you're focusing on garbage. Yeah. That's why, and you're not realizing it, not being accountable for it. You are an excellent manifester in whatever you you're focusing on. So if you're manifesting garbage, that's what you're, that's where your consciousness is. That's a clue. So if you truly, truly want to manifest really positive things, then you get to change the way you think. And you get to focus on the things that really are positive and beautiful and wonderful. But otherwise, you know, you're getting what you want and the universe doesn't know the difference because that's where your focus is. So 
focus on something that's effective for you. Very cool. So you guys are obviously into manifestation stuff. Like, do you, are you, um, I am too. I love that stuff. Um, do you watch any of the, or did, have you ever read the law of one stuff? Um, I'm familiar with it, but I haven't read it. I'd like to hear about that. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a channeled work, which by the way, I always grain of salt, a lot of channel stuff sometimes, because, you know, I don't know, like there's a lot of channels, you know, so I don't know, like I grain of salt it, but yes. um, yeah, it's, it is, it's basically, um, it's kind of, it was like a precursor to, a, it had a lot of elements in it that people use, um, that even like Abraham Hicks kind of like, you took, to, like, like took up and stuff, you know, so um are you guys familiar with abraham hicks the, yes yeah okay well some people are some people aren't but she's like she's she's i like her channel and stuff but well, i feel like law, law one and abraham hicks were around the same time you know yeah um well i don't know i think i think law of one was from the 70s okay uh and abraham hicks is still like current today i think is it really I thought that was so 90s and early 2000s. She still has, she still has like conferences. I mean, I think she started, oh, what? I'm pretty sure she uh, has like. Uh, yeah. Wow. You know. Good for her. Yeah. 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 She, she made a whole thing of it. That's pretty cool. Really? Yeah. So, what, so let's talk about real quickly. Let's talk about the, um, what's kind of like y'all's galactic connections. Cause I know that's kind of how we met. So what's up yeah. with that? Uh, well, as far as, as far as my galactic connections, I would say I was, I was still learning about them and I was learning about my own through Whitney's body work. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. So, so, you know, it was just, I would, I would work on her body and I would get all of these, um, images and movies of of different being on on different types of ships and different types of experiences and interactions and beings and all kinds of stuff mm -hmm. and then i would share them with whitney who knows much more about this thing than i do and she'd say oh yeah it's this and this and this and i'm thinking oh my god i had no idea <laughs> you know so yeah that was really interesting is she would start describing a particular ship that i go to frequently and it was so i never shared with really anybody um my experiences aboard ship that you know i go to most evenings um and she started describing the different rooms that i've been in aboard ship without me having to share any of it with her she was just touching my body you know a, my foot or my cab or my leg and getting these images and, and sharing them back with me and it was exactly everything that I was seeing. And it was such great confirmation. Um, so I don't really talk about this, but obviously I'm Pleiadian. I'm starseed. I'm clearly on a Pleiadian starseed mission, but that is my soul origin. That is my home. That is, um, you know, I go to the ship really any night that I want to. I kind of have a mantra that I say when I go to bed at night, if I choose and want to go aboard ship and I kind of go there instantly. And then I get to see around the ship in different rooms before I, you know, get knocked out and, and go to sleep. I'm one of those people that I literally crawl in bed and I say, um, 
Pleiadians, please take me aboard ship. Please place my body in a healing chamber or rejuvenation chamber. And please see that I, oh, healing chamber or rejuvenation chamber or whatever my body, whatever my guides and angels or higher self think is best for my body that evening. And then I just say, you know, please see that I wake up tomorrow rested and refreshed, regardless of what the night may hold. And I'll say it three times. And from the moment I say it the first time, I'm aboard ship and I can see what type of bed they're putting me in. I usually intuitively know if I need a healing or rejuvenation bed. Um, and there's all different beds of all different colors for all different reasons. And I know why I'm being put into what and for what reasons, or I talk about it with her. Maybe I'll walk around the ship. Maybe I'll um, run into her on the ship or other people I know. And, um, and then I'm out. Then I'm asleep, and the next thing I know, I wake up, and it's the next day. Um, and that's my jam. And it's just been very interesting ever since I've met her, because very rarely do we have a session now where the Pleiadians aren't involved. And that's yeah. what's most interesting, is that I can't even get an energetic healing session with somebody without, you know, these beings stepping in and being a part of it, mm -hmm. which is a blessing. But this is for you, Shamanandra. Do you have other clients who you have the same kind of galactic stuff with? Only a few. And it, it, it's not, it's kind of rare. So I would say in, in all of my years of practice, I've only seen that maybe one or two other times. So it's very, very, very strong in Whitney. Uh, and it's not just because I know what her origin is, but it is, it's truly, and I don't, I don't just make, I don't just make stuff up for the sake of it. I mean, if I don't see something in somebody's body, I just, I'm quiet the whole time. Yeah. And this is not something I ever talked about with her. I never mentioned the Pleiadians, Starseed, anything galactic with her when I came into my sessions ever. It just started happening. And then, you know, when she's telling me that she's seen certain things, it opened the conversation. I really. decided to, to, to mention, you know, some things and then one night I had a dream um one night I didn't have a dream one night I was aboard ship and I saw her down the hall and I saw her standing there looking up at these giants they had to have been at least seven feet tall and I described what each one looked like and she knew exactly who they were and so that's when I knew I could be more open with her and talk about things in my life that I hold very close to the vest yeah or the, the vest or the chest, the chest. <laughs> well if, if the vest is on the chest yeah then. yes yeah so that's been really nice and freeing um and then it's been interesting to see how it's been interesting to see the Pleiadians plan for us which essentially our plan for ourselves but it's been really interesting to hear and get insights on um how we're supposed to take our personal careers and how um they get to flow with each other yeah. as we both step out and say more and do more and, and try to you know support humanity it's really interesting how our our careers are uh lifting kind of at the same time with with similar things yeah you know because i just had my tv show spot and you know and 
there's things that you're working on in the background as far as uh, television and then um there's other types of interviews and i'm like it's just it seems like it's kind of happening at the same time independent of each other yeah it's really interesting so that's yeah cool. yeah yeah We're growing so, together yeah. so that's our galactic connection it's still something i don't talk about much with many people even though you would think i do because my website's called starseed kitchen right. it's still like you know i still keep it a little mysterious nothing wrong with that no <laughs> yeah yeah you, what nikki? about you nikki please tell us um your galactic connection to well, the, Pleiadian. the palladian thing is like that's not even my main that's not even my main thing. I don't, um, I, I've always had kind of, um, uh, past, I kind of came in with some past life memories of being the two different types of aliens. And I never really talked about it because I would get like, like you just have a good imagination. Like you're a good storyteller, mm -hmm. you know, like that kind of thing. And then, so I'm like, okay, whatever. Well, maybe I do just have a good, maybe it's all imagination. I don't know, whatever. But um, yeah, and I, I, one is like, um, I'm like a giant lion, like 10 foot tall, white male lion. And I'm like, uh, but you know, humanoid, they walk like, yeah. Uh, yeah. So maybe kind of Lyran, but and we don't call ourselves Lyran. I don't know what we are or aren't, but, uh, and I don't even, my memory is like, I'm like a National Geographic reporter of sorts, meaning that I go to a planet and I, record the seasons of the planet I, I i go to you know um and then the other one is like i'm this like this tall like androgynous like purple being without hair but still big eyelashes and uh i'm a record keeper i hold the records of these blue balls and it's weird because my lion being and my record keeper being are like you know she basically guards the um kind of records that the lion records so it's it's interesting um so i don't know if those are akashic records or not it feels like it's more like a galactic library of sorts um i don't know and then i have and then i have i have so those are just like i had this ego death uh, I, I took a shit ton of um shrooms in the redwood forest like in 2016 i think it was and i had basically a kind of like a near-death experience or maybe it was just like a heroic dose of where you know you have like a crazy mind-blowing psilocybin movement anyway i went to the source and i uh kept on getting pulled back like I was like some there was this like golden thread that kept pulling me out of the source and it was telling me that it wasn't you know it was it wasn't time to you know I can't stay there basically and I was when I was in this like golden light of hula hoop I was seeing all these different things that shared the same energy signature as me and I feel like those were even though time works differently so I don't really know if everything's as linear as we think but anyway I I did, I even, even within my loop, I saw uh, a couple of those ETs that I had already always remembered even coming in with. So yeah, I, uh, with, with the Palladian thing, I, I don't know per se, 
of, I, I, that I have as much Palladian connection as, I mean, apparently my astrology chart does and stuff, but, um, but I seem to have Palladian stuff and like all kinds of jewelry and everything all the time. Like, so um, I don't know. I don't know exactly what all of my connection is with that, but I have seen beings manifest in my room before, uh, since I was a little kid. I've had, um, I've had a lot of uh, paranormal experiences and, and things throughout my entire life. So I, I heard, the first time I heard the term starseed was mm -hmm. in 2012, I, it, I heard a voice say it, you're a starseed, you're a starseed. And I was like, what is that? who's talking like what is what's going on like you know what and then it kept on repeating it like over a couple like a yeah. week or something and then I finally I, and I was looking online and you couldn't I didn't I didn't know it was one word either I was like star seed uh, what kind of like I don't know and I couldn't find anything about that I didn't know what that was so it took me a while before I started started coming into the collective and everybody was talking about it and then I was like oh yeah I think I'm one of those things I think we all are, but you know, I think I particularly am uh, connected to that uh, thing. So yeah, so that's yeah. how that's how that started for me. It wasn't even through the other uh, starseed, you know, traditional things. Well, it's a great word for invoking within people to be the the seed, to be the change, the positive change in their community and their environment and their family um you know for a positive shift on the planet it's yeah. a really beautiful word and um you know at times i don't think that little seed is in everybody um to create positive change on the planet though at the end of the day we're all serving whatever role we signed up to to play right. and you know we're all trying to execute that that role whether it be from a positive light or or the other you know it's all a part of this interesting game that we get to physically experience right well that's the interesting thing about dark and light is that light can't exist without the dark and mm -hmm. I, and i and i think about this every once in a while where it's it almost seems like an interesting game to play where if we are all light at our core if we're all unconditional love and we're plopped down on a planet it's almost like okay so I'm going to take away your memories and yeah. I want to just, I want to see what you're going to do because at the core of your light. So let's just see if you actually find your way back to who you are, or if you're going to be attracted to exactly what you aren't because it's your polar opposite and you don't have any experience with that as a light being. And a lot of people have decided to go and have that experience of the opposite of who they are in at their core, just to simply have that experience. And, you know, and if they're choosing to do that in this lifetime, then, you know, then I, then that's what they get to have. And, and that's, and that's okay, really. But so I just, I find it a really interesting experiment because if the whole point is for us to go back and choose who we truly are at our core and use uh, free will as a barometer to get there, how there's a lot of people getting lost along the way here you yeah, know i mean well it's a confusing place to be right and it is it and and the the amnesia thing is so yeah right really great it's done really well <laughs> yeah how's it working for you Nikki? Really great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly well, uh, yeah the, it's pretty frustrating now and then yeah but we don't have to have amnesia 
like we can all tap in and remember who we are and remember why we're here. Um, and obviously having someone map out our natal chart is a great reminder of, um, of the map, you know, the reason why we chose to come here or be here right now. Um, and obviously like for me, I used past lives to tap into the physical pain I was still holding on to, so I could release it. I never dipped into past lives because I wanted to live in the past or because I was desperate to find out who I've been and where I've been. It was really just to find the stuff that was already stirring up so I could heal it and release it. But for some people that may be really helpful is to start to do past life work so they can remember you know, the beautiful beings that they've been and all the strength and power they've held before so they can be empowered to kind of hold that again. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think that's really well said. And I, and I and, and, and the end of the day, like I do, I also do sort of feel like I've had viscerally felt, I have viscerally felt the, the fact that I do think that we are, in some respect, we're all an aspect of the one source, right? Like that fragment in itself into infinite amounts of possibilities. So yeah, if you, if you do want to go be a, um, you know, I don't know, whatever you want to pet caterpillars all day or play with crocodiles and that's your pro, I mean, that's your thing. That's your prerogative. Like, I don't know, like we each have to have the most unique experience at all, but I do think your gift to whatever consciousness is whatever source is is to be your own authentic true self and we are i think we live in like this with this giant bubble of contending with other egos and it's like that game of um i don't know there's games online where it's like this bubble swallows this bubble and then it gets bigger and then like you you, you try to it like what i feel like that's kind of like the what corporations are and what a lot of our society has kind of built it's like it's these big egos that kind of are repressing new egos and and littler things and so we're we're living in this game where i have this feeling that i what i don't like about this particular game my critique my feedback when i get back <laughs> is going to be that uh we have too much um uh manipulation and we aren't given enough time and freedom i don't think to really get to know our, our authentic self so you have to be extremely strong and fight for that really hard to, to get it done it's i mean and, I, and i'm doing it and i'm fine i'm happy and i know a lot of people who do but i just it's it's a challenge it's really hard to find i know so many people who don't even know what they like and that's oh, that's no. yeah I, I i write people's menus for their personalized custom meal prep and they don't know sometimes what they want or what they like. I have people that call me for dinner parties or for a cooking class. And I ask them, you know, a theme, a mood, what they're craving, what do they really like when they go out to dinner? What are they really looking for on a menu? Um, and they, they can't answer these questions because they don't know what they like. And it, it's very interesting. A lot of it's avoidance of just people's a vulnerability and emotions and just avoiding parts of their consciousness that they don't even want to look at and people do it in the strangest of ways yeah because if you ask me what i want at any time of the year i can tell you according to the seasons like if you want to know what flowers i like 
like I can tell you if you want to know my ideal date I can tell you if you want to know where I want to go on my next trip I can tell you um but but there's a lot of people that that can't answer those questions or aren't comfortable with sharing that information because they're they're concerned about what other people are going to think or say or how they'll judge um so hopefully people have been taking the past you know year or two and getting more comfortable with uh their inner thoughts and who they are and are coming to a place where they're ready to express that yeah and some people don't even they don't feel like they have a right because of how they were raised you know Mm -hmm. you know sometimes as children you're told to you know children are if it's old school children are meant to be seen and not heard Mm -hmm. and a lot of the time at least in my experience my practice the people who are like that they weren't allowed to have a voice when they were a kid and then they just carried that out into adulthood and they still didn't feel like they had a right to have a voice or to to make any kind of decision at all so it's a complete fear of making any decision because they were never allowed to and they were always told that any decision they did make you know they weren't good at it and they would just they would end up creating chaos which is totally i mean it's awful parenting but it's it is what it's it's fear-based everything so it's truly the difference of living in fear and living in love. It's just, that's really out there, but yeah. But it yeah. carries up in all kinds of ways. The fear love duality game, man. It's uh, yeah, that, that's, that's, that's a big right there. That's a big number. That's a big topic. That that's one. a huge topic, huge topic. We'll have to save that one for another time, but we could totally tackle that one because that's a really fun one. All right, you guys. So can you tell us, um, first of all, I've loved having you guys. You guys are awesome. Second of all, can you guys tell us a little bit where to, uh, where people can find you and like, what's your, your stuff? You first. Sure. Well, we, we, you know, check us out, uh, a chef and a shaman. You can find us on YouTube. We have a few podcasts. Mostly we've been posting on YouTube though mm-hmm. lately. Uh, and then my website, I know it's probably kind of hard to spell a name, but I'm going to, I'm going to send Nikki how to spell my website. So you don't have to worry about it. It's shamanana.org uh and i'll just i'll send her that info and you know she'll she'll find a way to get you to click below be in the description mm-hmm. yeah exactly and then uh whitney does have a website as well yeah so i'm whitney aronoff so you can find me on instagram as whitney aronoff and then my website's called starseed kitchen so you can search whitney aronoff or starseed kitchen it also has an instagram account as well and then i have my youtube channel where I share my cooking videos. So I like to do as many tutorials as I can to complement the recipes on Starseed Kitchen. And you can, again, just find that at Whitney Aronoff. Um, So between Starseed Kitchen and Whitney Aronoff on any social media platform, you can find me. She's very good at posting a lot. She's always posting something delicious. Well, it's just because I want to I want to help inspire people at home. I really want to make it easy. So I try to post all the recipes for my clients' meal preps every day so people can get inspired and get ideas for what to make for dinner or for lunch or how to plan ahead. And then I try to show the recipes that I am preparing for my clients with additional cooking tips throughout the day. And it's really just all because I want to help people do the same thing for themselves at home. And it's it's food porn, which she puts up in a good way. I, I hope that's not a, a <laughs> yeah. term. food porn. It's gorgeous and it looks Thank amazing. You. Yeah, 
Thank you. That's so amazing. Okay, well, you guys, this, this has been awesome. Was there anything that I didn't ask that you guys maybe want to touch on? Are we good? No, other than the fact that we love you so much. I know, and Nikki. we're so grateful. We're so grateful. We can't wait to talk to you again. Yeah, and I hope someday we can dig for, for crystals or fossils or yeah. unique rocks. Can we do that somewhere? That would be so yeah. cool. We yeah, would love we to dig with you somewhere. Can we dig with you? I mean, come on. You guys should totally dig with me. And I I like to dig. It's, it's, it's I'm, I'm like a little gnome or something. I'm like, mm. <laughs> So, yeah. I know. I think it's great. So um, please keep us posted on, you know, all the trips that you like to do and plan around the world. Uh, and um, hopefully there'll be a dig out there for us to all enjoy. Absolutely, Nikki. I'd follow you anywhere, girl. Cool. Go in the world. Guys. Go. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, we'll talk again soon. And thank you guys so much for coming on. We so appreciate you. We love you. Take, Take care. care. Bye, everybody. Thanks for watching.